No, still, there you go. Good morning. <laughs> I am, I'm Tabs, for those who don't know me, anyone visiting today, it's lovely to be with you. Um, I'm going to share a few thoughts now on, um, on that passage that Steve just read. Um, quick show of hands, though. Um, who here would love to be on holiday right now? Yeah? Some of you are like, no, thank you very much. I'm, I'm retired and I live in Southport. Oh, my life is a holiday. I, yeah, I, great. Good for you. Um, the rest of us, though, yeah, we'd love to be on holiday right now. Uh, without looking round and eyeballing anyone awkwardly, who do you know who could really use a holiday right now? So, sorry, Hattie. Um, <coughs> or, or, well, I mean, we, we, all, we all could, we all have those times, don't we, where we're just like, we're so, so ready for a holiday. Uh, we're, we're counting down the days, maybe even counting down the hours. Uh, you spend your time procrastinating online, looking at where you're going to go, and maybe buying things that you really aren't going to need. And, and, then, and then like a, a tough day uh, happens on the run-up to your holiday, and you spend all day thinking, rocking back and forwards, thinking, holiday's coming, holiday's coming, holiday's coming. And then you get on your holiday. Imagine you're on this holiday and it's great. You're enjoying your holiday. You're having a great time. You're, uh, you know, you're, you're living your best life, feeling refreshed, enjoying yourself, really spending time to rest and relax and have some fun. Uh, and then, you, you know, you come back off your holiday and you're inspired to, uh, to, t- to have a better life, to, to take life a bit slower maybe. You feel refreshed, energised for whatever life's going to hit you with. But I can't be the only one who, after a, a couple of days at best, uh, feels like that holiday was a lifetime ago. And uh, your life just goes back to normal and, you, you know, you're stuck in the daily grind again and you go about tackling life's challenges in the same old, ineffective ways. Like Jesus and his disciples, Jesus' disciples in our, in our reading today, um, they, they seemed pretty good at doing things the same old way. Um, I use the word good very lightly, as I'll explain in a moment, but they didn't just have a holiday, they had three whole years of following Jesus Christ, the Messiah, around the, around the, the world on earth, doing all these incredible miracles, hearing revolutionary teaching, experiencing his life-changing love, witnessing his death on the cross. They, they had this incredible experience, but yet a few days pass and we find them going back to their old way of fishing. And they weren't even very good at fishing. They were really, really bad fishermen. Like, the times where I see the disciples fishing in the Bible, it is literally only by a miracle that they would catch any fish at all. But yeah, that's what they went back to. Their old, ineffective ways. And if you journey with Jesus... Uh, like these first disciples did, how often do you stop and think, why am I doing it like this? Like, like why, why, what are these old, ineffective ways, habits, uh, methods in how I live out my faith? 
Why, despite having an amazing uh, realisation that Jesus is real and died for me, have I slipped back into my old ways of thinking? Stopped doing all the great spiritual disciplines maybe I had planned in and wondered then why doesn't God feel so close anymore? See, the first thing that I think comes out of this reading is the, the, the instruction to, to practice perseverance, to persevere. God is with us through the good times and the bad times. And as a church, I think we've experienced a fair amount of good times and bad times over the last few years. And where have we learned through that to persevere? How have we learned to persevere through? Because we have. How, how do we keep going? How do we stay inspired? How do we stay energised? I could be wrong, but maybe some of you today are at points in your life where there's maybe areas where Jesus is at the shore, calling and prompting you and saying, haven't you any fish? Reminding you of the new works that he has done in your life, helping you to get stuck out of that rut. Haven't you any fish? Haven't you any fish? I thought we covered this years ago. (laughs) Haven't you any fish? How do you persevere in your faith when those mountaintop moments of encountering God don't seem quite so regular? Uh, Psalm 105, which we think was written by King David, says every day, remember Remember the wondrous works he has done and remember to thank him. I don't know whether anyone here is into uh, Ignatian spirituality. Anyone a Jesuit priest or uh, apparently Pete Cunningham is a Jesuit priest. Um, Anyone a Jesuit priest or a a monk or a a nun? I think Martin may be dressed up as one once, but uh, that's another story for another time. Uh, But... but anyone ever come across the idea of praying the examen? It was in the, I'm pretty sure it was in the prayer course that we did in the last year. The idea at the end of your day to take a time to pray over the day you've just had and to recognise where God has been at work. And that could be as simple as just looking back over your last day and thinking, what have I got to be thankful for? And making that a habit something that you do in the good seasons and the bad seasons. And looking back over your your day and thinking, actually, where have I not acknowledged God's presence in the things that I've said or thought or done? And saying sorry about those things. And just reflecting with God over the day you've just had. I am about as good at this practice as the fishermen were at fishing. Um, But when I have managed it, I've found it extremely effective and I've been very, very surprised that I, I spot things that I've felt God has been at work in. But do you always recognise when God is moving in your life? If you're wanting to not slip back into those old ways... Or maybe you're worried that you already have, uh, but, but to see God moving in a new way, wonderful new ways. Uh, perhaps if you're, you know, if you're up for that in this, this season that we're in as a church, then what if the way God moves 
isn't always something we recognise straight away. Scripture does a pretty good job of showing us the, the, way, uh, the way people encountered God's resurrection work in Jesus was at first unrecognisable. This was the third encounter we heard that the disciples had with the risen Jesus. They didn't recognise him. Uh, Mary and the gardener, or doubting Thomas, needed to actually touch Jesus' hands to believe it was him. How much was this resurrection work of God not recognisable? In fact, uh, we even read a similar fishing encounter uh, to, uh, to, to the one we heard today uh, in Luke 5, a few years earlier. Uh, these disciples had a pretty much carbon copy fishing experience of the first time uh, where they, 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 called, they met Jesus uh, and he called them to follow him, calling them to be fishers of men. Must have been a pretty iconic moment for them, um, perhaps a, a mountaintop experience, living that dream holiday moment, uh, which is why perhaps they had just about enough faith to think, yeah, we'll give this a go. We'll throw our nets on the other side of the boat and see what happens. We don't recognise this guy, but we'll give it a try. And they, they, they get this miraculous catch. And, and then you have, um, you, you have, John says to Peter, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. These same disciples who were there all those years ago, they recognise that there's something, there's something similar. This is, uh, this is God's work at power because there's no chance we call those fish. Um, and they recognise, it's the Lord. They exclaim, this is the Lord. They go from not recognising him to realising that this is the work of Jesus. Unrecognisably different, but yet faithfully the same Jesus at work. I wonder if you've ever had a, uh, a throw your nets on the right side of the boat moment, where you felt led to do something different and it's not, you've not recognised how on earth this is going to work. Or maybe you've been thrust into a situation that is different and you're like, I don't recognise how God's going to use this, but oh, I don't know. But then, actually, there's God, you've, you've noticed God being faithful through that. Uh, for me, my example that I, I've shared uh, a few weeks ago here was the safe spaces that we run in the secondary schools uh, around Southport, all five secondary schools. If you want to know a bit more of the story of how that came about, you can watch episode one of uh, CCS Online from September, uh, Education Sunday, where we talked about that. But basically, we, we're out in the high schools every lunchtime in a different high school of Southport with a gazebo, which we showed off a few weeks ago. Uh, and we started doing that during the pandemic. It was very, very different to what we had done before. Um, but like we, we're out there, young people come and check in with us, hundreds that we see talk to us every week. Different to what we've done before, because it wasn't in a classroom, we weren't trying to beckon young people in so we could talk about Jesus at them. Uh, we, were, we weren't running a Christian union or anything like that, we were simply just out in the yard with a gazebo and a check-in survey on how you're doing every day and having this conversation with so many young people, getting to know them, getting to journey with them. Very, very different. Didn't know how it was going to go, 
But yeah, once we stepped into that, once we took that plunge, once we put our nets on the other side of the boat, we realized that the same Jesus was going to faithfully move through that and still does. Young people coming, showing their curiosity, wondering what's so different about these, these, these guys, this wonderful team, many of the volunteers are in the room. Um, what's so different about them? Inquiring about the Christian faith. And we get conversations about that in such a natural way. How many other moves of God can you think of in, in history that have looked a bit like that? They've followed that same sort of pattern where people have felt called to do something unrecognisably different, but yet God has moved. Like for me, growing up in a Methodist church, I think of the Wesleyan movement. Uh, the John Wesley uh, had his heart warmed by God's presence and it ignited his preaching in a way that was just so inspirational, so inspiring that the church were really quite put off so they kicked him out um, and he had to go and preach God's word and the gospel and the Holy Spirit came out on the streets, in the parks uh, and, and crowds would come. And one day he realised, I'm adding a bit of creative licence to this story, one day he realised that they weren't in churches worshipping with their nice choral evensong and all that anymore. Um, and so he was walking past the pub and he heard the drunken shanties that the drunks were all singing down the pub. And he thought, as you know, him and his brother Charles, very teetotal, went into the pub and they started writing worship lyrics to these shanties. And actually, these drunken shanties are the, the hymns that we still sing today at about a quarter of the speed. Um, but they, they were, they were the, the hymns of, of the day. Uh, and actually, what they were doing, they were doing something unrecognizably different. But yet, God moved. And people were encountering God, worshipping him, and coming in their hundreds and thousands, which was incredible. I mean, Jesus, Jesus, top example, really, of someone who did things that were unrecognisably different to the religious norms of healing on the Sabbath, of dining with tax collectors. But when he did that, he drew a crowd drew. And so, so big a crowd who were so interested in what he had to say that they got really hungry on several, two occasions that we know of. He had to feed thousands of them. Uh, but what I want to say, what I feel coming out of this passage is do not miss out. Do not miss out on what God wants to do in your life just because it might look unrecognisable. Might, you might not recognise it at first, It might not look like what you're used to, like what you've known before. As a church, don't miss out on what God wants to do in Southport because it might look different, probably will look different to what you've known before. Because if we trust Jesus, we will see him and recognise him when we see him at work. When we see him moving faithfully, as he has done, continues to, and will do, that principle will always stay the same. Even if the methods change, even if God calls us into all sorts of crazy things to do for him, he will faithfully move. There's loads of great stuff in the scriptures about God doing a new thing. Uh, Isaiah 43, for one, behold, uh, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. 
Do you not perceive it? Do you not recognize it? Do you not see this? I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Well, the example uh, I know uh, is, is probably one that Ben would be the biggest advocate for. Wine. Wine. New wineskins. I mean, like, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. The Bible explains that very clearly. Um, and we've learned from that, which is good. But applying it to new things in our lives, it's still wine. It's still wine that goes in. It's still the same ingredients. It's still got similar characters and tastes. And, but, but it's fresh. And you wouldn't put that in old wineskins, would you? But it's still wine. It's still the same same, same traits, same character running through. Don't miss out on what God has for us. But what about now? What about this very moment today? What do we do next? Uh, after the first time Jesus did a fishing miracle in Luke chapter 5, Jesus said to Simon, who was yet to have his name changed to Peter, do not be afraid for uh, from now on you will fish for people So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. A few years pass, uh, and then this is what happens the second time round, after what Steve read to us earlier. Uh, This is what the resurrected Jesus said to the same guys, the same guy, Peter, uh, which was radically, uh, in this radically different moment, yet very similar Uh, fishing encounter in many, many ways. Uh, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Uh, The word that that Jesus used in Greek there is agape, which is a word that a lot of us, one of the few Greek words that a lot of us may may know is to mean love, but it's a self-sacrificing love, an all-encompassing love. Do you agape me, Peter? Yes, Lord, he said. Um, you know that I love you. Slight, slight thing that we don't spot here. No, the word for love that Peter uses in his response is not agape, it's filio, which is a brotherly love that you might have for a, a close friend. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, um, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I filio you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you filio me? Do you even consider me a friend? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. Of course, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Do you love me? Are you even my friend? Three times, as many of us will know, three times Peter betrayed uh, Jesus on the night that he was arrested. Three times Peter says, do you love me? Do you love me? Are you even my friend? That is grace. That is the grace that Jesus was prepared to show Peter over betrayal, over over denial. By then saying to him, follow me. Again, those same words from all those years before. Follow me. 
follow me. Despite the betrayal, despite the denial, despite the falling back into old, ineffective ways of attempting to fish badly or whatever our, our ways might be today, Jesus says, Do you love me? Do you love me? Are you my friends? Good, well, follow me. I want to invite you today to join me in doing the same. To take time today to get right with my loving God, to, to repent of my sins, to give thanks for the cross, and to receive the Spirit once more. Because I believe in this time, Jesus is pouring out his grace on us for the ways we haven't recognised him, the ways we haven't learned from the times where we have recognised him, but eventually gone back to our old ways, um, that he is pouring out his grace on us and inviting us into a radically different future where the risen Jesus will faithfully... Amen.